For the cherubim spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves, that, they, that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle. And they were not seen without, and there they are unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests were come up out of the holy place that the, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Then spake Solomon, the Lord said, that he would dwell in the thick darkness. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. And the king turned his face about and blessed all the congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which spake with his mouth unto David my father, and had with his hand fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people Israel out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel to, to build a house, that my name might be therein. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. And it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord, Lord God of Israel. And the Lord said unto David, my father, whereas it was in thine heart to build a house unto my name, thou did well that it was in thine heart. Nevertheless, thou shalt not build a house, but thy son that shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build a house unto my name. The Lord had performed his word that he spake, and I am risen up in the room of David my father, and sit on the throne of Israel, the Lord's, as the Lord promised, and have built a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I have set there a place for the ark, wherein the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them up out of the land of Egypt. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepeth covenant and mercy with thy servant that walk before thee with all their heart, who has kept with thy servant David, my father, that thou promised him. Thou spake also with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled it with thy hand, as it is this day. Therefore now, Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father, that thy promise him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel, that thy children take heed to their way, that they walk before me as thou hast walked before me. And now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou spake unto thy servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heaven cannot contain thee, how much less the house that I have built. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayed before thee this day, today. That thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. And hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and to thy people Israel when they shall pray toward this place. And hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. If any man trespass against his neighbor, and an oath be laid upon him to cause him to swear, and O come before thine altar in, thine, in this house, then hear thou in heaven, 
and do and judge thy servant, condemning the wicked to bring his way upon his head, and justify the righteous to give him according to his righteousness. When thy people Israel be smitten down before the enemy because they have sinned against thee, and shall turn to thee and confess thy name and pray and make supplication unto thee in this house. Then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy people Israel and bring them again unto the land which thou gave unto their fathers. When heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, if they pray toward this place and confess thy name, and turn from their sin when thou afflictest them, then hear thou in heaven, and forgive the sin of thy servant and thy people Israel, that thou teach them the good way wherein they shall walk, and give rain upon thy land, which thou hast given to thy people for an inheritance. If there be in the land famine, if, if there be pestilence, blasting, mildew, locusts, or if there be caterpillar, if their enemy besiege them in the land of their city, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there be, what prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all the people Israel, we shall, we shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hand toward this house. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive, and do and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou, even thou only, knowest the heart of all the children of men, that they may fear thee all the days that they live in the land which thou gave unto our fathers. Moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of the people of Israel, but coming out of a far country for thy name's sake. For they shall hear of thy great name, and of thy strong hand, and of thy stretched out arm, when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all people of the earth may know thy name, to hear thee, as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have built is called by thy name. If thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whatsoever, whithersoever thou shalt send them, and shalt pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house that I have built for thy name, then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. If the sin against thee, if they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not. And thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that, the so that they carry them away captives unto the land of the enemy far or near. Yet, if they shall be bethink themselves in the land, whether they were carried captives, and repent, and make supplications unto thee in the land of them that carried them captives, saying, We have sinned, and have done Perversely, we have committed wickedness, and so return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, which led them away captive, and pray unto thee toward their land, which thou gave unto their fathers, the city which thou hast chosen, and the house which, which I have built for thy name. Then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven, thy dwelling place, and maintain their cause. And forgive the people that have sinned against thee, and all their transgression wherein they have transgressed against thee. And give them compassion before them, who carry them captive, that they may have compassion on them. For they be thy people, and thy inheritance, which thou brought forth out of, the, out of Egypt, from the midst of the furnace of, of iron. That thine eyes may be upon may be open unto the supplication of the servant and unto the supplication of the people Israel to hearken unto them in all that they call for unto thee. For thou didst separate them from among all the people of the earth to be thine inheritance, 
as thou spake by the hand of Moses, that servant, when thou brought, brought it, our fathers, out of Egypt, O Lord God. And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. And he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel within a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord that had given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised. There had not failed one word of all this good promise, of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us, that he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgment, which he, con which he commanded our fathers. And let these, my words, wherein I have made supplication before the Lord, be nigh, be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times, as the matter shall require, that all, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is none else. Let your hearts, therefore, be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as it is this day. And the king of all Israel with him offered sacrifices before the Lord. And Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offering, which he offered unto the Lord, two and twenty thousand oxen and a hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the, so the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. And the same day did the king hollow the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offering and meat offering and the fat of the peace offering because the brazen altar that was before the Lord was too little to receive the burnt offering and meat offering and the fat of, that, of the peace offering. And at that time, Solomon held a feast, and all Israel with him, a great congregation from the entering in of Hamath unto the river Egypt before the Lord our God, seven days, and seven days even for 14 days. On the eighth day, he sent the people away, and they blessed the king and went unto their tents, joyful and glad of heart for all the goodness that the Lord had done for David his servant and for Israel his people. First King chapter 8, verse 1 through verse 66. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading here and do of his holy word. We see here the dedication of the house of God and all the people of Israel and King Solomon is in attendance. All of them is standing in the presence of God. And Solomon is dedicating not only himself, not only the house, but the whole nation of Israel back to the Lord. There's more than the same thing that we have when New churches is opened up. Uh, they have what they call church dedication. They dedicate, have a church dedication service, dedicating the, the building back unto the Lord, asking for his presence among the people so that the people of, 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 of that congregation can be blessed and feel his presence. And so this is what Solomon is doing. Solomon is fulfilling the, the, uh, the promise that uh, God had, and that David had in his heart concerning God, because God had been so good to David and made so promises to him that if his children will walk in his ways and keep his statutes and his commandments as he walked before God, that God would not uh, stop any seed from David to sit upon the throne of Israel. As long as he walked before him, as long as he kept his commandments, his statutes, and his judgment, he said, it shall not fail a man of the house of David to sit upon the throne of God, of the Lord. And so here God is fulfilling his word. You know, God never had a promise fulfilling his word. 
The problem always has been with us fulfilling our words, what we didn't promise God. And a lot of times we promise God a lot of things, especially when we are in trouble, when the cover is bare, when bills is due, we lose our job or sickness didn't hit our body, and we make covenant agreement of uh, promises to God that if you get me out of this, or if you heal me from that, or if you bless me with another job, all the things that we say that we would do for God. And sometimes we start off good. You know, it's not like we don't do it once God has blessed us. But somewhere along the line, sometimes we seem like we forget what we didn't promise God. But as soon as problems come, we want to remind God of what his word has said to us. The covenant and the promises of God work both ways. It's a, it's a, it's a two-sided coin and a double-edged sword. It swings both ways. You know, and a lot of times we won't put everything on God, but we have certain things to uphold ourselves as far as what God says concerning you and I. And so David, I mean Solomon here, is dedicating this house to the Lord. He's not forgetting where God had brought the people from at this time. He's not forgetting. He's not forgetting the commandments of God at this time. He's not, he's not forgetting, you know, that God is blessing him in a mighty way at this time. But as time goes on, the same thing with Solomon is the same thing with all people. No people is exempted. Matter of fact, in the scriptures here that we read, he said, no man have not sinned. Every man have done something against God. And so none of us have no place to point the finger at another or judge another. It only comes to our attention that we can be... Uh, have an understanding of who we are and what we are in the Lord and that we should guard against the things that brings us or separate us from the presence of God. So look what, what, what the first verse says in this chapter. Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of David, which is Zion. Now, what that tells me is that regardless of how beautiful the building was, how elaborate it was built, and all the special treasures that they had put inside, it was nothing without God. It was nothing without the presence of God being in there. And so when he, when he, when he brought them up, when he brought all of these people up, he didn't bring them up just to make a showing. You know, sometimes some people like to make a showing. They want to be seen. But Solomon did this for a reason. After the finishing of the, of the temple, and after they had placed all the furniture and, and the decoration on the inside, it still was not complete because they didn't have the presence of God on the inside. They, didn't have, they had all the pictures. They had designs. They had carvings. They had engravings. They had all of these different things, but they still has something missing, the presence of God. So you can have these big elaborate buildings. You can have the house filled with people. But it's nothing if you don't have the presence of God. Solomon assembled the elders. He called all the elders. Who was the elders? Each person that was the head of, of, of the tribes of Israel. So he called all of these people who was the head of these tribes. And he called them to himself and the heads of the tribes and the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel. Everybody who thought they were somebody. Everybody that represented a family, represented the tribes, represented any type of spiritual preference, uh, uh, assembly in their home or whatever. He called them up and Solomon said, and, 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 and he brought up the children of Israel unto King Solomon in Jerusalem that they might do what? Bring up the ark. The ark was not there. It was over in Zion in the city of David. 
Before it got to David, what happened? The children of Israel sinned, and the Lord allowed the Philistines to come in and capture the Ark of the Covenant. Saul, King Saul was killed. His son Jonathan was killed. And so many of the soldiers that followed behind Saul. And the Bible said that the Philistines took up the, the Ark of the Covenant and brought it into the city of the Philistines and put it in the house of Dagon, their God. And when they placed it in the house of Dagon, their God, the Bible said that when they came back in the next morning, that Dagon was down on his face and his hands before the Ark of the Lord. And the Philistines got to the point that God had placed pestilence and, and, and burrows and emeralds upon the children of, of, of the Philistines. Amen. That they was begging for the children of Israel to come and get the Ark of the Covenant. Come get it out of our city. There's nothing but debt and destruction as long as the Ark of the Covenant was in their city. They come and get it. Get it out of here. And so what they did, they brought it up out of the, out of the city of the Philistines. When they was bringing it up, the Bible said that they put it up on a new cart. And you be hearing people say in the church all the time that God is doing a new thing. God ain't doing no new thing. It might be new to some people, but God is the same God. The days he was yesterday and forevermore, he said, I'm a God, and I change not. He ain't doing no new thing. He's just doing something that you're not familiar with. But it's still the word of God and the ways of God, the oracles of God, the judgment of God is always the same. Because if God did, it, did anything different than what he had said him to be, then you would say that God is not God. That, that, that he slip slides backwards and forwards with his word. But God's word never changed. His word is, is not going to change. It'd be more easy for you and I to change to the word of God than the word of God to change for you and I. And so Solomon needed the ark to come into the temple so it can be fulfilled. It wasn't a fulfillment in the, in the temple that he had built because the ark wasn't there. And so when they brought up the ark and they put it on a new cart, the cart, the oxen, the Bible said that the oxen stumbled and the, and the, and the ark was about to fall and, 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 and Uzziah put his hand to the ark and the Bible said that the Lord killed him right there. Why? Because they wasn't doing it according to the, what the word of God said. They're supposed to take these staves, these handles, and put in the, in the rings on the side of the ark and carry it. Who's supposed to carry? The Levites, the children of, of, of God, the people. Amen. The priesthood was supposed to carry it off. And here they put it on, on a wooden cart, a new cart, the Bible says. You know, sometimes we think that we, we're going to do things and make things different and, and make things pretty for God. But God is not looking for a whole lot of form and fashion. God is looking for our heart. He's looking for us to obey his commandments and keep his statutes. That's all God is looking for. And so they, brought, they finally brought the hawk back to the city of David. Why? Because the Philistines wanted it out of their city. It was causing them too many problems. And so when they brought the, the Ark of the Covenant back up to David and they brought it in, 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 into the city of Zion in, in Jerusalem, that now Solomon needed to come to the new house to the, where that he had built and dedicated for the Lord. And so now he gets all the people of the tribes of Israel, all the elders, and tell them, let's bring up the Ark of the Covenant. Inside the covenant, was the word of God that God had gave to Moses in the wilderness. And he didn't give it to anybody. He gave it to the people of God. If anybody is supposed to keep the word and the commandments of God, it should be the people of God. It should be the people of God. We're supposed to know the word of God. We have no excuses. He gave us the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and God was the word. How can we get to know God if we don't know his word? You can never know God if you don't know his word. You can never know how God works if we don't know, how to know, know, know anything about the word. 
So we need the word. And so the ark of, of the covenant, amen, that had the, the, the lid on it with the, with the cherubims facing one another up on the mercy seat, amen, they had to bring that into the house of God so that they can know that instead of man getting judgment, God was extending his mercy. Verse 2 says, And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month Athenim, which is the seventh month. And all the, the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. There you go. It's not supposed to be placed on no court. The priests brought up the ark. And they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the, in the tabernacle, even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. There are some things that left up for God. There are things that left up for the people of God. It's not supposed to be handled loosely by anybody. We're supposed to give reverence to God. We, we, we need to know how to give reverence to God. We need to know that the God that we serve is a holy God. Before Moses was able to serve God, the very first thing he told Moses to do what? Take off your shoes. For the ground you stand on is holy ground. Why? Because the presence of God was there. The presence of God there. And so we're supposed to know how to keep our feet when we come into the house of the Lord. We should know how to direct our home if we want the presence of God to dwell in our midst at our home. And so he told Moses, take off your shoes, Moses, for the ground you stand on is holy ground. And so now they're bringing up these things because why? They want to make God's house complete. God's house is not complete unless you have the presence of God. You know, you can put on your church clothes, you can sing churches, you can talk churches, you can pray the longest prayer in the world. But if you don't have the presence of God dwelling on the inside of you, all of that is for nothing. Ain't nothing but show. Ain't nothing but show. And Solomon is saying that more or less here in these verses because in, in, in the 6th and the 7th chapter when he was putting the house of God together, the Bible said that they brought up good cedar and fir wood from where? From, from Lebanon. The best timber, the best type of lumber that they can build a house, construct the house of God. They brought it up all the way from Lebanon. And then they, got, they had expensive stones that they had cut out of the mountains to bring that and the place on the floors and around the walls of the temple and put all kinds of gold uh, on the doors and, and different places in the temple. All of that was good and fine and beautiful to look upon. But all of that was nothing if it wasn't, it didn't have the presence of God. If God's presence wasn't going to be felt, be felt that. And so now he get all the people who God had told him from the beginning. See, sometimes we have to go back to the beginning. He told him in the beginning when he made the commandments and the laws concerning the Levites and the Levitical priesthood, that what job that they were supposed to do, how certain people from out of Aaron's family were supposed to be singers. Amen. The same way like they had singers in the church, what we call our choir. They had certain people that played music, what we call the musicians in the church. He had told them how to do all of these things and who was supposed to do this for the house of God. The children of, 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 of Israel from out of the tribe of Levi, which became the Levitical priesthood. And it came from out of Aaron's uh, uh, family, from out of his, his loins, his children, was the ones who became uh, a part of the priesthood. Aaron was the high priest. And their job was to take care of the house of God. Every job was to, was to dedicate and, and send up offerings for the children and the people of God. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep, ox, sheep and oxen that could not be told the numbers for multitude, which means that he wasn't sparing no expenses. He wasn't sparing no expenses. You know, as God has blessed us, we need to learn how to bless God back. The Bible says that we should not give by necessity, 
Now give, but give what? Have a cheerful heart to give. Don't give grudgingly, and don't give of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so we're looking at, at Solomon displaying his heart, not only by how he built the house of God, because he was only carrying out what David had in his heart that God told him that his son would do. That's all he was doing. He was carrying out the, 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 the heart of his father David. But now we're looking at his heart being displayed here because he's not, he's not sparing no expenses. A lot of times when we come to church, you got people don't want to pay tithes, and, you, and, and they already have it preconceived in their mind what they're going to put up as an offering. And you got some people been in church 40 years, still putting up that same Baptist dollar. They ain't going to go no higher than a dollar. You see, I got some people that put up $5, they ain't going to go no higher than $5. I don't care what kind of service you have. I don't care what, you, what kind of offering you call it, whether it's a, a mission offering that you want to help the, the elderly, the homeless, or feed somebody. They're not going to put up no more than that because it's already preconceived in their mind what they're going to put up and they're not going to put up any more. You got some people say, if I was you, I wouldn't be giving that man all my money. Not realizing that what you give, you give it as unto the Lord. When are we going to start focusing on what we do is, is for the kingdom of God? It's not for no man. It's not for no form of fashion or no show. But what we give, we give it unto the, as unto the Lord. Jesus displayed this in one of the, 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 uh, the teachings that he had in, about giving. When they had this person who, who was sumptuously in money, and then they had this woman who only had two, two, two mites. And the Bible said that this person came up and put up in abundance and smote on his chest and said, Lord, I'm not a sinner. I'm not like the other sinners. I'm not like other people. Lord, I'm this and I'm that. I'm all of these different things, Lord. I've kept your commandments and your statutes. And the Bible said that this, this woman who only had two little mice, put up them two mice, that's all she had, and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. And the question came, the Lord gave the question to his disciples, said, which one you thought you would think that put up the most? And it was the, it was the, the widow who only had two mites to put up. It wasn't a person who had the abundance. So God is not looking for how much in abundance you put up. He's not looking for form or fashion. He's looking for us to give from our heart. And why should we be giving it from our heart? Because God's heart has been displayed to us by giving us his son. He gave his son. He gave heaven's best. And we can't give our best to something that's in this world going to be destroyed anyway? That the day of tomorrow when we die is going to still be left here for somebody else? Even Solomon said that, look, when you didn't built up your treasures and built all of these things and put aside, he said, when you're dead and gone, how you know who's going who gonna to spend what you didn't laid up? How you know they're going to cherish or respect what you didn't left behind? Paraphrasing more or less what Solomon had said about vanity. He said it's all vanity. And, 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 and the way we covet stuff, the way we cover it, we, we, we try and think that it's going to keep us here forever or that we can bring it with us when we're gone. And Solomon said, look, after you had been built all of these treasures and all of these things up, and you got all of this stuff surrounding you, he said, still nothing but vanity. He said, how you know what a person going to do with it once you're gone? How are they going to handle it? How are they going to respect it? And we see that here in our society, how some people who come from the, some nice families have children and, and, and just give them everything that they want. When they're dead and gone, what they leave behind, they spin it up. And before you know it, they're hanging out on the street corner with nothing. But we find here Solomon is sparing no expenses. All the oxen and, and the sheep that he's given, they say, look, you couldn't even count them for multitudes. That's how much his heart was toward, towards God for what God had done for him. And some people don't, don't understand or realize how much God has done for them. If they don't have something that they can touch, handle, or feel, they don't feel to believe that God has done nothing for them. 
If we can just look around us, if sometimes you can just go to some of these convalescent homes or some of these hospitals and see some of these children, you know, with, 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 with all of these different types of things. You got children with uh, childhood diabetes fighting for their life, and they're not even a year old yet. You got some children in these convalescent homes with, with, with physical disabilities, big old heads, little bitty arms, no, no fingers or, 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 or no legs, but yet they're happy. And here we complaining, complaining for bread, for bread that we're already standing in the bakery shop. We got to understand how much God, how good God has been to us. Because any one of those people that you can go into some of these convalescent homes, these, 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 these hospital wards, and not just, not just adults, I'm talking about children's hospitals and, and even regular hospitals, nursing homes. Go out on the street corner and see families sleeping up under, up under bridges in this type of heat, 100-degree weather, laying on cardboards on the concrete, waiting for somebody to come out there with a food truck to give them a sandwich. And here God doesn't bless you. With shelter over your head, a nice bed to lay in, and you're complaining. We need to understand how good God has been to us. Our problem is that we look too much at what somebody else has, and we're not grateful for what God then gave us. And King Solomon and all the congregation. Now, if you notice, you don't hear him calling them here in this verse, the children of Israel. He's calling them a congregation. He's calling them a congregation from something natural to something spiritual. And that's where God is trying to bring the church, from something natural to something spiritual. When Jesus did his ministry, his three years of ministry, how he always uh, explained certain things to some of the people. He used something natural to try and explain something spiritual to the people. First the natural, then the spiritual. In the natural, he called them the children of Israel. Now in the spiritual, he's calling them the congregation of Israel. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark. So in other words, it's letting us know without God, we nothing. Even matter of fact, even Jesus said without, the, without God, we can do nothing. There's nothing we, we are, nothing we can do without God. Songwriter said just like a ship, without a sail, tossed and driven. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that was assembled unto him were with him before the ark. They all came together on one accord. Now we know that there was some dissension among those tribes because some of the people were still upset from the tribe of Benjamin because the house of Saul didn't continue being king over, the, over the, the nation of Israel. But here yet, they came together on one accord. They assembled themselves before the ark of the Lord. And that's how differences is healed. That's how problems are solved. We all come on one accord before God. When we try and take matters into our own hands, all we're doing is just stirring up the mess, stirring up the, the problem, stirring up the anger. Harsh words, stir up rail. But soft words will drive it away. And so without God, we in the flesh, and what somebody said to you, you want to answer them back. What somebody do to you, you want to do it back. How somebody handle you, you want to handle them back the same way. But just like you said earlier, sister, we are, not, we are in the world, but not of the world. We're not supposed to react how the world reacts. We're not supposed to react like the world reacts. All of that discourse that went on in Virginia, they had to have, some of them people had to be Christians. 
But they allowed the animosity, the bitterness, the hatred and stuff build up so much to the point that they went out there and acted just like the rest of the people. And when we act like the rest of the people, all we're going to uh, fuel up is, is bitterness and hatred and conflict to the point that three people now is dead. A mother then lost her daughter. Some, some women then lost their husband, lost their father, lost an uncle, a nephew. If these people was married, you know, if they had siblings, all of that's gone now. From out of what? Bitterness and hatred and people trying to take matters into their own hands. And so when we act like the world acts, this is the thing here that we get from it. And so now Solomon is calling the people together. This is what the president supposed to do. Bring the people together, not divide them. Not separate them, even though there's conflict in the nation. There was conflict in the, in the, in the nation of Israel. That, that, that some of the people in the tribe of Benjamin wasn't satisfied that David and Solomon had, became, had, had, had risen up to the throne because of the house of Saul. Matter of fact, one of the persons that was from Saul's tribe blamed David for Saul's death. Told him that he, had, that he was a bloody man. That more or less he was the cause that Saul and Jonathan had lost their lives. And so when this type of bitterness and stuff that goes on in families, in the church, in communities, all it do is just fuel up the fire. That's just add fuel to the fire. And it carry on from one generation to the next. Until the point when it gets so far down generations, sometimes people don't even know why they're mad with one another anymore. Because it went on for so long, well, I don't really know how that happened. And sometimes people sit down and say, well, I remember when we were small, that this, that, and the other happened. And, and from that time there, I really don't know. We just stopped talking, and I haven't talked to them in a while. This is how things get so divided in families, in the church, that sometimes you find even a church splitting to the point that people leave and go make another church. But here Solomon is trying to bring the people together. He's not allowing, he's not allowing what happened in the flesh, what happened in the physical or the natural to stop them from coming before God as one people. And we're supposed to be one people. The Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And we all are the body of Christ. Shall our eyes say to the nose, I have no need of thee? We need one another. We need one another. Solomon, as the king of Israel, his job not only was to be before God for the people, but, but, but also to bring the people together. He wasn't only be responsible to God, he was also supposed to be responsible to the people. And that's the same thing with our government here. What did they say about the government of, of the United States? There's a government of the people, a government by the people, and a government that was supposed to be for the people. It all supposed to be done by the people. That's how people get elected. By who? People voting for them. And they're supposed to, when they get in office, they're supposed to represent the people. Solomon did not allow that little schism or whatever that was going on with David and, and, and Saul's family to cause him not to try and bring the people together. King Solomon, all the congregation of Israel, not some, but all of them, that were assembled unto him, were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. No expenses were spared. He gave, he gave his best back to God. Why? Because God had gave him his best. Placed him over a people that belonged to him. Gave him the wisdom and understanding how to rule and to judge his people. Gave him the understanding and the wisdom to build a house of God. Placed him in Hiram's heart that he would bring the cedar and the fir 
wood down from Lebanon, down to Jerusalem so he can build. This is what happened. When you be for God, God will be for you. He said, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh unto you. And God will place us in the heart of people. He'll place you right in the heart of people. You know, you never know what God had planned in this life for you and I. And when God placed you in the heart of people, at the very time that you need these people, they'll be there for you. They'll be there for you. You don't have to scrape. You don't have to look. You don't have to beg. The people will be there for you. Why? Because God has placed you in those people's hearts. Verse 6 says, And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. Now, what did he say? Where did he bring him in? Into his place. If God don't have a place in, in the church, then it ain't nothing but just another building. It ain't nothing but another building. If God don't have a place in there. And when we say God have a place inside of the, of the building that we dedicate as the church, that means that his word must prevail. Because God is the word. The word is God. They both are one and the same. So whatever matters in the church, whatever difference is going on, he said, what I say to one, I say it to all. The word is not just for me. And then you can do whatever you want and say whatever you want. No, the word is for all of us. The word supposed the word supposed to to settle all, not only settle all matters, but it's supposed to judge every person. Then Jesus said it. He said, "Look, I didn't I didn't come to judge you." He said, "But the words that I speak shall judge you." It's the word of God that's supposed to line us up. It's the word that's supposed to put us in our place. And the place that God has in the church is with the people of God. That's his place, not with the furniture. I don't care what kind of furniture you have. I don't care what kind of uh, uh, elaborate uh, uh, sound system you have. Don't care what kind of instruments that you have. He's not there for that. He's here for you and I. And that's where his place is supposed to be. His place is supposed to be in the church house for you and I. Why do you think David said, Thy word, O Lord, I have hid in my heart that I sent out against you? That's where it's at. When they brought it in, the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place. He, he's supposed to have a place in the house of God. You find people in the church fighting and hogging and cussing. Calling up the police. The police got to come out to the church house. That lets you know that God don't have his place in there. Because the Bible says that, that, that brother should not call the law against brother. We should not bring one another to court. We should not be arguing and squabbling among one another whereas the police have to come and judge between us. If anything should judge between the people of God, it got to be the word of God. It got to be the word of God. If the word of God can't settle, out, can't settle our matters, the courthouse show can't. How could, the Bible says, how, how can we bring one another before an unjust judge? When God is the judge of all the earth, how can we bring one another to, before an unjust judge? And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracles of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. Even unto the wings of the cherubim. The wings of the cherubim is spread out. And they placed the ark right there between the cherubims.
For the cherubim spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark. And the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof. The staves is the thing that they carried the ark of the covenant with. So undoubtedly the wings had to be spread out mighty wide for them to cover over the ark one to the other. Overlooking the ark of the covenant. Inside the ark of the covenant was the Ten Commandments. Before the, the ark was taken by the Philistines, inside the ark they also had Aaron's rod. And they had the manna, which represented how God had fed the children of Israel when it was in the wilderness. There's always something that God does, or something that, that, that's before the people of God to remind us how good God has been, where God then brought us from, how he had kept us, how he never left us, even though we were, they was in the wilderness, in the heat of the day, God was still there with them. You know, sometimes people would do things, and they're not out there with you. You know, during the time of slavery, they didn't care how hot it was out in those fields. They didn't care how hard you worked or how your back was hurting or whether you were sick. Why? They was in the big house. They had you out in the field. But look what God said. Although you're in the field, I'm going to be with you. I'm coming in the field with you. They was walking through the wilderness, and God was right there with them. Everywhere they went, God went. Every time they stopped, God stopped. Every time they moved, God moved. Every time they was in trouble, God fought for them. Every time the enemies came upon them, God delivered them. He was there with them. At every turn they made, he was showing himself that he was there with them. But yet they complained. We had it better when we was back in Egypt. Cucumbers and onions and celery and all kinds of different meats we had when we were back there in Egypt. But yet they didn't realize when they was back there, they were still slaves. They still had to work from sunup to sundown with, with, the, with, the, with the, 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 the taskmaster whip on their back. And the same thing was, 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 was going to be held for their children once their children got grown enough to go out in the field. But here God just freed them and set them free with a strong hand and a mighty arm and brought them out from under... The, 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 the powers of Pharaoh and showed forth his power over at the Red Sea that they saw. Brought them through the wilderness and fed them manna from heaven. Brought quails up from out the ocean until they choked on quails. And here they still complain. And so the manna that they placed inside the ark was to allow them to remember when God fed them manna in the wilderness. And if he did that then, he can do it again. Aaron's rod that had butted up was them to, to remember where God had placed his word and his power upon the Levitical priesthood. Because the children of Israel was murmuring and complaining against Aaron and Moses. And so God told Moses and Aaron to go get all of the, the heads of the tribe and tell all of them to bring their rods, bring their, bring, bring their staves. And bring them and place them inside the tent. Bring them, put them inside there by the Ark of the Covenant. And then the very next day when they, when they went into the, into the tent, Aaron Rod had, had bid, had budded, and had brought forth almonds. And so they took it and placed it inside the Ark for the people to always remember. God always doing something for us to remember. It's just that we stiff-necked. And, and, and hard-hearted. But God is always doing something to remind us who he is. For the cherubim spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof. God always showing mercy. Always showing us mercy. And the Bible said that his mercy endured forever. Because if it wasn't for God's mercy, the Bible said we would be all consumed. He said, because of my mercy, you're not consumed. And he gave us his, his mercy brand new every day. He gives us his mercy brand new 
every day. So we need to be thanking God for mercy. While people is looking for houses and lands and cars and money and clothes and rings and diamonds and jewels, they didn't forget about God's mercy. Every one of us is, is, is a ward of God's mercy. All of us been awarded God's mercy. So when you look at certain material things in this world that you would like to have and you, and you don't have and you don't think that you could ever get, know this, that you can always get God's mercy. And God's mercy outweighs anything that we can get in this, in this life. Because without God's mercy, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. We'd be dead and gone, sleeping in the grave, Bones being turned to ashes and everything else. But God's mercy, we're still here. Because of God's mercy, we made it through sickness and we made it through accidents. We made it through the storm. We made it through the rain. We made it through so many things that could have took us away from here only because of God's mercy. God's, the cherubims, their wings are still stretched forward, showing us mercy. Well, we thank God for our lesson on the night. We'll take up next week uh, from verse 8. Well, we stopped at verse 7. We'll take up from there on next week. If the Lord said the same, if we're able to assemble on next Tuesday. Let us stand.